Next Chapter Podcasts. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Games and Feelings is an advice podcast about games. Join question keeper Eric Silver and a revolving cast of guests as they answer your questions at the intersection of fun and humanity since, you know, you gotta play games with other people. And we're talking every single type of game. Video games of all stripes. Tabletop games, party games, laser tag, escape rooms, games, streams, D&D podcasts. The companies and workers that make these games anything you can think of. How do you convince people who have only played Monopoly to play the new board game that you grabbed at the game store? Is an escape room a good third date? What makes a video game cozy? And do they have recommendations? They answer any and all questions, as long as they're games related. And question askers get a fun advice nickname like Rolling Bad in Carlsbad, California, or Bethesda Fan in Bethesda, Maryland. If you like what you hear and want to level up your emotional intelligence stat, subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every other Friday. Next Chapter Podcasts, in collaboration with Fiasco Theater, presents the Play On podcast series, Measure for Measure. Episode 2, We Cannot Make a Scarecrow of the Law. For the best listening experience, be sure to use headphones or earbuds. Let your own intellect judge what is true, and banish falsehoods hiding in plain view. Have the nuns no further liberties? Are these not large enough, Isabella? Oh, yes, truly. I don't ask desiring more, but rather wishing for a stricter constraint upon the sisterhood. Hello? Peace upon you? Who is it close? <gasps> it is a man's voice. Gentle Isabella, unlock the gate and ask his business here. You may, but I may not. You've not sworn yet. Once you have vowed, you cannot speak with men except in the presence of the Prioris. Then while you speak, you cannot show your face. Or if you show your face, you cannot speak. Okay. Hello? Uh, He calls again. I pray you answer him. Peace and prosperity. Who is it calls? Hail, virgins. (laughs) If that's what you are. Okay, your blush implies it is. Now, please conduct me at once into the presence of one Isabella, a novice of this place and the fair sister of her unhappy brother, Claudio. Why do you say her unhappy brother? 
tell me at once, for I will have you know I am that Isabella and his sister. Oh, gentle and fair. Your brother kindly greets you. Well, not to be weary with you, he's in prison. <gasps> Heavens! For what? Well, for crimes that, frankly, if I were the judge, he'd have his punishment in form of thanks. He's got his friend with child. <gasps> Sir, don't play games with me. Well, I, I, I'm not. It's true. I wouldn't, though it's been my lifelong habit to toy with maidens and to ply their hearts with tricks and lies, play with all virgins, so I hold you as a creature sacrosanct, divine, by your renouncement and immortal spirit. <laughs> uh -huh. To you, I speak only the truest words, as with a saint. Yet you blaspheme all good by mocking me. Never. In briefest truth, the case is this. Your brother and his lover have... <coughs> embraced. Uh, as those who eat grow full, as blossoming time from seeds to barren land may bring to bear a teeming bounty, thus her plenteous womb expresses now his tilth and husbandry. Someone is with child by him? Uh, my cousin, Juliet? Ugh, is she your cousin? Adoptedly, yes, oh. as schoolgirls invent nicknames by vain though true affection. She it is. Oh, well, let him marry her. But this is the point. The Duke has very strangely gone from home. Now, upon his seat of rule, and with full scope of his authority, governs Lord Angelo, a man whose blood is made of snow broth. This man never feels a moment's sensual sting or wanton lust. In instead, he blunts his passion's natural edge with um, prophets of the mind, study, and fasting. He, to put fear in sin and liberty, which have run tame along the hideous law like mice by lions, has picked out an act to punish, under which your brother's life is forfeit, and he arrests him on it and follows the strictest rigor of the law to make him an example. All hope is gone unless you have the grace by your fair prayer to soften Angelo. And that's the sum of my business twixt you and your brother. So... Angelo wants his life? Well, he's censured him already, and I hear the provost has a warrant for his execution. In that case, what abilities in me to do him good? Use the power you have. My power? But I doubt- Our doubts are traitors who undermine the good that we might win by thwarting our attempt. See, Angelo, and teach him that when virtuous maidens plead, men give like gods. But when they weep and kneel, their petitions must be freely granted, even before they ask, huh? I'll see what I can do. But speedily. I'll to it right away. But Isabella. I'll stop no longer but to give the mother notice of my departure. Humble thanks. Mm. Commend me to my brother. By this night, I'll send him certain word of my success. I take my leave of you. Sir, go with God. Aeschylus, we cannot make a scarecrow of the law. Setting it up to frighten birds of prey, then let it stagnate until it becomes their perch and not their terror. Sure, but still. Lord Angelo, let us be wise, and rather make small cuts than bruise and beat to death. This gentleman I wish to save had a most noble father. I, I ask but that your grace consider this, as I believe you are most strict in virtue. Whether in your own past and your affections, 
If time and place and wishing had aligned, or if the heated passions of your blood had found themselves in reach of their desire, whether you, in some instance in your life, might not have slipped in this exact same way, drawing this law upon yourself. It's one thing to be tempted, Aeschylus, another thing to fall. I, I don't deny a jury passing judgment on a man may in that sworn twelve have a thief or two guiltier than the accused. Justice will seize what it can see. But, my lord, that's This not... much I know. The jewel that we see, we stoop and take. There may be others, but what we don't see, we pass by, never giving it a thought. You cannot excuse this young man's offense because I have such faults, but rather say that if I'm ever guilty of his sin, my own judgment condemns me then to death and with no compromise. Friend, he must die. As your grace wishes. Where's the provost? At your service, Your Honor. See that Claudio is executed by nine in the morning. Bring a confessor and prepare him well, for his journey has now come to an end. What is this? Come, take them away! If these are good people of our commonwealth who do nothing but penetrate corruption in brothels and alehouses, then I don't know the law. Take them away. Sir, what's your name and what's the matter? If it please, Your Honor, I am the poor Duke's constable and my name is Elbow. I do lean upon your justice, sir, and I do bring before your good honor two notorious benefactors. B benefactors? How do you mean benefactors? Are they perhaps not malefactors? If it please, Your Honor, I, I can't tell Your Honor precisely what they are, but true villains they are. That oh, I'm sure come of. On. And lacking all profanation in the world that good Christians ought to have. <laughs> this comes off well. We have here a wise officer. Oh. Well, go on then. What sort of men are they? Oh. Hmm? Elbow's your name? I... Well, hmm. Why don't you speak, Elbow? I can't, sir. He's at a joint. <laughs> uh, who are you, sir? <laughs> he, sir? Uh -huh. A barkeep, sir, who sidelines as a pimp, sir. He serves a bad woman whose house, sir, was, sir, torn down in the suburbs, and now she professes to run a bathhouse, sir. Oh, come on. Which I believe, sir, is a very ill house, too. And how do you know this? My wife, ma'am, whom I detest before heaven and your honor. What? Your wife? Aye, ma'am, who I think heaven is an honest woman. And for that you detest her? I say to you, ma'am, I will detest myself also, as well as she, that this house, if it's not a whorehouse, then it is a pitiful living indeed, for it is a naughty house. And how do you know this, constable? Why, ma'am, from my wife, ma'am, who, had she been a woman cardinally inclined, might have been accused of fornication, adultery, and all sort of uncleanliness there. At the bad woman's house? Aye, ma'am, at Mistress Overdone's house. But my wife spit in this man's face, and so she defied him. Ma'am, sir, if it please your honors, this is not so. Oh, prove it before these varlets here, you honorable man. Prove it. Do you hear how he misspeaks, my lord? Yes. Yeah, what an idiot. Ma'am, she came in great with child and longing, pardon the indelicacy, for stewed sausages. 
Ma'am, we had but two in the house, which at that very distant time stood, as it were, in a dish. A dish costing some threepence. Your honors have seen such dishes. They're not china dishes, but they're very good dishes. Go on, go on. Never mind the dish, sir. No, indeed, ma'am. Not a bit, ma'am. You are correct, ma'am. But to the point, as I say, this mistress elbow, being, as I say, with child, and being great of belly, and longing, as I said, for sausages, and us having but two in the dish, as I said, Master Froth here, <coughs> this very man, having eaten the rest, and as I said, and as I say, paying for them very honestly, for as you know, Master Froth, I could not give you your three pence again. Oh, no, indeed. <coughs> very well. You were at that time, if you recall, appealing the skin of the foresaid sausages. Oh. I so I was indeed. <clears throat> very well, very well. And I told you then, if you recall, that this fellow and that fellow were past cure the thing you've got, unless you kept a very good diet, as I told you. Oh, this is true. <laughs> Why, very well then. Come, if you, you tedious fool, to the point. What was done to Elbow's wife that he has caused to complain? Let mm. me come to understand quickly now. Oh, but no, ma'am. Your honor cannot come so quick, ma'am. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is that what I meant? Oh, but you shall come soon, ma'am. <laughs> By your honor's leave, ma'am. I, I beseech you. Look at Master Froth here, ma'am. A man of eighty grand a year, whose father died on All Hallows. Was it not on All Hallows, Master Froth? <laughs> all Hallows Eve. No, very well. Upon my oath, he, ma'am, sitting, as I say, in a lower chair, ma'am. It was uh, in a bunch of grapes, was it not, where indeed you had a delight to sit? Oh, it was indeed, for it is an open room and good for winter. Oh. Right, very well, then. Upon my oath. This will outlast a night in Russia when nights are longest there. I'll take my leave and leave you to the hearing of this cause, hoping you'll find good cause to whip them all. I feel the same. Good morning to your lordship. Oh, Lord Angelo. I'm hearing a petition. Red Bull Theatre, in association with Fiasco Theatre, present The Night of the Burning Pestle by Francis Beaumont, running April 18th to May 14th, 2023 at the Lucille Lortel Theatre. Tickets on sale soon. One of the first parodies of the English theatre, this Elizabethan comedy is a joyful romp that celebrates our collective capacity to improvise and natural desire to be center stage. A play about the elopement of star-crossed lovers called The London Merchants is about to be performed when an unexpected interruption occurs. The actors adapt and invent a new story, an outrageous quest called The Night of the Burning Pestle, which takes over the stage in hilariously disruptive ways. Everyone shares in the triumph of love, adventure, and the anything-can-happen nature of live theater. Visit FiascoTheater.com for more information. Now, sir, once more, what was done to Elbow's wife? Once, ma'am. There was nothing done to her once. I oh, beseech you, ma'am, ask him what this man did to my wife. Oh, I beseech your honor, ask me. Well, sir, what did this gentleman do to her? I beseech you, ma'am, look at this gentleman's face. Good Master Froth, look upon her honor. It's for a good cause. Does your honor see his face? Aye, sir, very well. Nay, I beseech you, see it well. Well, and I am looking at his face. Does your honor see any harm in his face? No. 
I'll be sworn upon a book that his face is the worst thing about him. Good then. If his face is the worst thing about him, how could Master Froth do the constable's wife any harm? I would know that of your honor. He has a point. Constable Elbow, what say you to this? First, with your permission, the house is a respected house. Next, this is a respected fellow, and his mistress is a respected woman. By this hand, ma'am, his wife is a more respected person than any of us. The time is yet to come. Get off me! The time is yet to come that she was ever respected with man, woman, or child. Ma'am, she was respected with him before he married with her. Which is Justice or immorality? You rogue! You wretch! Are oh, you wicked, you ruthless villain? I respected with her before I married her? If I ever respected her or she me, then I am not an officer of the Duke. Prove it, you villain, or I'll bring a case of battery against you. And if he boxes your ears, you might have a case of slander too. Ha! Well, then I thank you, good worship, for it. What is it, your worship's pleasure, that I do with this wicked varlet scandal? Scoundrel Violet. I don't know. What do you want me to do with him? Officer, frankly, since he conceals some sins that are yet to be revealed, let him continue on his way until you discover what they are. Ha <laughs> ha! Well, and I thank your worship for it. Mm -hmm. You hear that? You mm. wicked Violet! No, no, yeah. no, 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 Now look what's come upon you. You are to continue now, you Violet. <sighs> you are to continue. <sighs> <sighs> Excellent. <clears throat> And where are you born, friend Froth? Well, here in Vienna, ma'am. Oh. And you have 80,000 a year? Well, yes, if it please you, ma'am. Oh. And you, sir, what's your trade, sir? A barkeep. A poor widow's barkeep. Your mistress's name? Mistress Overdone. And has she had more than one husband? Uh, nine, ma'am. Overdone by the last. Nine? Please approach, Master Froth. Oh, yeah. Master Froth, mm -hmm. I would not have you acquainted with barkeeps. Mm. They will draw you in, Master Froth, and we will hang them for it. Now get you gone and let me hear no more of you. Oh, thank you, Worship, but for my own part, I never come into an alehouse. I am drawn in. <laughs> well, no more of it, Master Froth. Farewell. Okay. Where I, now. What the, oh, okay. oh, here it is. Bye. My God. Now you approach, Master Barkeep. Huh? What's your name, Master Barkeep? Pompey. What else? Bum. <laughs> and your bum is the greatest thing about you. So in the crudest sense, you are Pompey the Great. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> Pompey, you're a pimp. Pompey, however much you disguise it of being a barkeep, are you not? Come, tell the truth, and it will go better for you. Truly, ma'am, I'm a poor fellow who would make a living. And how would you make this living, Pompey? As a pimp? What think you of this trade, Pompey? Is it a lawful trade? If the law would allow it, ma'am. But the law does not allow it, Pompey, nor shall it be allowed in Vienna. Oh, does your worship mean to geld and spay all the youth of the city? No, Pompey. Truly, ma'am, in my poor opinion, they will chew it then. 
Now, if your worship were to arrange between the whores and the reprobates yourself, then your worship would no longer need fear the pimps and the madams. Well, there will be pretty arrangings now, I'll tell you that, for beheadings and hangings. If you head and hang all that offend in this way but for ten years, you'll be commissioning new heads to replace those you've lost. If this law holds in Vienna but ten years, I'll rent me the fairest house in the city for three pence a gable. And if you live to see this come to pass, tell them Pompey told you so. Thank you, good Pompey. And in return for your prophecy, hear this. Don't let me find you before me again on any complaint whatsoever, particularly with regard to your place of business. If I do, Pompey, I will beat you back to your tent and prove a harsh Caesar to you. In plain words, Pompey, I'll have you whipped. So for this time, Pompey, farewell. I thank your worship for your good counsel and will follow it as the flesh and fortune shall best advise. Whip me? No, let the cartman whip his horse. The valiant heart's not whipped out of its course. Hey! Pompey out. <sighs> Approach, Master Elbow, Master Constable. <sighs> How long have you been in this position of constable? Seven and a half years, ma'am. I thought, as you seem so skilled in your duties, you had been nah. at it for some time. <laughs> Seven years altogether, you say? And a half, ma'am. I think... This office has made great pains for you. They do you wrong to work you so arduously. Are there no other men in your ward qualified to serve? In faith, ma'am, few of any real intelligence in such matters. As these elections go, they have been pleased to choose me to serve them. I do it for a bit of money, and so carry out my duties. Look, bring me the names of some six or seven, the most qualified of your parish. To your worship's office, ma'am? Uh, to my office. Fare you well. Uh. It grieves me for the death of Claudio, but there's no remedy. Lord Angelo's severe. It's necessary. True mercy can seem brutal when, in fact, it is pardon that leads to future wrongs. But yet, poor Claudio. There is no remedy. Well, heaven forgive him and forgive us all. Some rise by sin and some by virtue fall. Some run from cracking ice, are never caught, and some condemned are for a single fault. The Play On podcast series Measure for Measure was translated into modern English verse by Aditi Brennan Kapil and directed by Jesse Austrian. The cast is as follows. Kimberly Chatterjee as Aeschylus, Juliet, and Mariana. Noah Brody as Pompey. Emily Young as Isabella and Mistress Overdone. Ben Steinfeld as Lucio and Froth. Andy Grote-Lucian as Duke. Tina Chillip as Provost and Francisca. Devin E. Hawk as Claudio, Barnadine, and Second Gentleman. Paco Tolson as Elbow, Aporson, Friar Peter and First Gentleman. Paul L. Coffey as Angelo. Jesse Austrian as Receptionist and Miscellaneous Voices. Michael Goodfriend, Miscellaneous Voices. Casting by the Telsey Office, Karen Castle CSA and Ada Karamanian. Voice and Text Coach, Julie Foe. 
Episode scripts were adapted and produced by Catherine Eaton and Nat Cassidy. Original music composition, sound design, and mix by Lindsay Jones. Sound engineering by Sadaharu Yagi. Mix engineer and dialogue editor, Larry Walsh and Robert McNabb. Podcast mastering by Greg Cortez at New Monkey Studio. Coordinating producer, Transcend Streaming, Kira Bowie and Liana Keys. Managing producer, Robert Capadona. Executive producer, Michael Goodfriend. The senior manager of business operations and partnerships at Next Chapter Podcast is Sally Cade Holmes. The Play On Podcast series Measure for Measure is produced by Next Chapter Podcasts in collaboration with Fiasco Theatre and is made possible by the generous support of the Hits Foundation. Visit ncpodcast.com for more about the Play On Podcast series. Visit playonshakespeare.org for more about Play On Shakespeare. Visit fiascotheatre.com to learn more about their exciting upcoming productions and workshops. Hear more about the Play on Shakespeare podcast series by subscribing to Play on Premium at ncpodcasts.com, where you'll find interviews with the artists, producers, and engineers who brought it all to life. And remember, let your own intellect judge what is true and banish falsehoods hiding in plain view. Hey, Play on Podcast listeners, I want you to be a part of the cast. Become a supporting cast member with Play On Podcasts for just $5 a month. Get in-depth interviews featuring some of the most brilliant artists working today. I talk to actors, playwrights, directors, and producers from the worlds of theater and Hollywood, pulling back the curtain on why they got into their profession, why these stories are so relevant today and providing context on the process of making these plays in the podcast format. You'll enjoy ad-free episodes of the Play On podcast series, and maybe even a gift or two. Head over to playonpodcasts.com, click Supporting Cast, and join the club today. We so love creating this content for you, And we hope you'll support us so we can bring you inside this rejuvenated, reimagined Shakespearean world. Join the cast. Supporting cast. Go to ncpodcasts.com. Next chapter podcasts.